praise God. Are we all grateful for the goodness of God? In fact, I love that last song where we talk about the goodness of God. And it really ties up with the message that I'm going to bring to us today. We've been studying over the last couple of weeks on prayer. In fact, week one, we sort of set an introduction on prayer. And then week two, I begin to share about steps that I apply when it comes to praying. I shared about how praise is the password. In fact, every morning when I pray, that's what I do. I just start by praising God. Last week, we looked at the second step of prayer, which is to repent. And can I just say, I've had such incredible feedback on that message. In fact, I was at one of the services and I had uh, a gentleman come up to me and say, Pastor, that was the happiest message I've ever heard on repentance. And I just thought to myself, that is the posture. If we can accommodate the posture of joy when it comes to getting new information, even in the area of repentance, I think that's a win for all of us. Uh, This today, we're going to look at the third step of prayer. And so we've looked at praise, we've looked at repent, and today we're going to look at this one word called declare. In fact, uh, the title of this message is A Bold Declaration. And in fact, my prayer for us is that at the end of the service, that we would all have what I call an inner declaration, an inner sense of how God sees us. And this whole premise of declaration is it's the act of declaring the way God sees us. It's, an, it's the act of saying, God, I don't feel this way, but you see me this way. I'm declaring your goodness and your mercy. Whenever I talk about the concept of declaration, uh, I, I sometimes find that, especially if you've been in church for a period of time, especially if you're back in the church, if you grew up maybe in church 30 years ago, back in the 80s, there was sort of a movement that was sort of probably a bit obsessed with declaration, and people called it the name it and claim it movement. And so whenever I even use the word declare, I, I think people start getting uh, pan- they start feeling the panic button in their hearts in the sense, you know, you think declaration is calling forth your Toyota to become a Ferrari. And that's not what declaration is. I know there's this there's extremity with that whole concept where you're just sort of like, God, I don't want to be in this marriage, so I'm calling forth to another marriage. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's perspective on declaration and how God has empowered us to declare his promises, declare his truth, not just our wants or not just our own lusts, but his truth. And so today I'm I'm hoping that we can come around this uh, with an open heart, with an open spirit. And just like I've asked you to trust me last week, I'm asking you one more time to trust me to, to sh- as, I sh- as I bring this message to you on the power of declaration. Declaration is such a powerful thing. In fact, I have on my phone a couple of promises, a couple of words that I believe uh, that, that sort of pertain to myself, my marriage, our ministry, our church, our staff, our leadership team, our city, our nation, the nations that I speak every morning and it's quite a powerful act. But before I talk about declaration, I want, you, I want to share with you one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to declare. In fact, I want to read from John 16 verse 13. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority But whatever he speaks, whatever he hears, rather, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, that Jesus talking about himself, for he will take all things that the Father has given, which is mine, and declare it to you. Therefore, I said that he will take 
all of mine and declare it to you. So here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, I've paid the price. I've, I've sacrificed. I'm the lamb that was slain. But all that is of mine, the identity, the purpose, the destiny that you find in Christ, that you find in me, talking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit needs to declare that to you. And that's what he does. He declares it to you. He reminds you, you're a child of God. You're a daughter of God. You're the son of God. You're created in the image of God. And so it's such a powerful thing that we now take that declaration and attach our mouth, our speech, to the speech of the Holy Spirit, to the speech of that declaration, it becomes powerful. So based on that premise, I want to talk about three types or three categories of declarations that we find in Scripture. Here's the first one. The first declaration is the declaration of faith. This is the kind of declaration that you might be familiar with. In fact, the very first story in the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, The earth was without form. This is the creation story. And void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. I don't know if you know this, but this was the first time in the history of this planet that words were used. This is the first time in the creation story, right at the beginning, that words were used. And I want you to notice that the first time speech was used, it wasn't for the, for the, for the usage of communication, but rather for the purpose of creation. That tells us something, that when God said, let there be light, He wasn't necessarily speaking to someone, but rather He was speaking to something. He was declaring something over situation. And a lot of times we use our speech to communicate. But what we don't realize is that we use our speech also to create. If you're a parent and you tell a child, you're good for nothing. You know, I've, I've sat with people that are years later point back to that moment when they were five years old or six years old. And that tutor or that auntie or that uncle or that parent said these words and it shaped their life. It created a sense of despair, a sense of hopelessness. And I want you to understand that your words are powerful. In fact, Hebrews 11 verse 3, it says, By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. What we see created by what we don't see. I want to say that again. By faith, we see the world called into existence by God's word. So God's word literally called planet earth into existence, which we now see created by what we don't see. This is what the Bible is saying. What are we creating by what we don't see? We have that opportunity. And I've come to realize that everything we see will respond to faith-filled words. I can spend all day talking about this one declaration, the declaration of faith. In fact, in the next few weeks, we're kicking off another series on slaying giants. How many of you know that we've got giants in our lives? And some of you are like, yeah, I'm married to one. No, don't talk, don't talk about your, your husband that way. I know he snows like a giant, but he's not a giant. I'm talking about that giant of, of despair, that giant of unbelief, that giant of a mortgage, that giant of a debt, that giant of a disease. And in a couple of weeks, we're kicking off a series talking about slaying giants. We're going to build further on this. But moving to the next declaration, the declaration of truth. Declaration of truth. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 this is what it says. For he has raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. What are, what are the scriptures saying? It's saying, for he has raised us from the dead among with Christ and seated us in heavenly places. 
I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them I'm sitting somewhere else. What is this saying? What, what is this saying is that this, this scripture is literally telling you and me that we, are, we have two positions at any given time. Right now, I'm talking to you, speaking to you, standing here, speaking to you as you're sitting. But here's the thing. My Bible tells me that you and I, we are also seated in heavenly places, which tells me that we are in two places at one time. In fact, last week, we looked at this whole, whole concept of repentance. Well, what is repentance? Repentance is going from the ground level to the penthouse. So two places at one time. The best example that I can, I can share from Scripture is from the life of a guy called Peter. Peter was one of the disciples of Jesus. And I want to point back to the first encounter that Jesus had with Peter. Uh, in fact, in this particular scripture, in Luke chapter 5, he's called Simon. And the Bible says that Simon was a fisherman and Jesus was speaking and preaching and doing all sorts of things. And then there was a moment because Simon had a horrible night. He's an expert fisherman but couldn't catch any fish. And there was this epic moment in scripture where Jesus says to him, I want you to try one more time. Check out what it says. Luke chapter 5 verse 4. When he had finished speaking, talking about Jesus, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. I will let the nets down again. And then it goes on to say in verse 6, And this time their net was so full of fish, they began to test. So what just happened? What happened was Simon was trying to do everything possible to catch at least some fish. And, and the fact was, it was a bad season for whatever reason. It might have been a low tide. For whatever reason, it wasn't that great. For whatever reason, it was not good fishing conditions. But Jesus comes along and says these words. He says, I want you to throw the net one more time. And then it says that when he threw the net in at his word, it says they had a complete harvest. I want, I want you to say these two words after me. I want you to say the words facts. Now I want you to say the word truth. And the fact was maybe there wasn't good weather conditions. The fact was maybe it wasn't the time to go fishing. The fact was maybe it was just not a great day. But I want you to understand that any fact that you and I carry is just partial information. But I want you to know there's a greater truth that God has. And facts are not sort of subjects, facts does not sort of, doesn't need to control our lives. Truth needs to control our lives. In other words, the Bible never says you shall know the facts, but the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The fact may be that you're disappointed and depressed. The fact may be that you're anxious. The fact may be that you are full of depression and you're lacking joy. But the truth is that God is good. The truth is that God is your source of joy. The truth is that God can still heal you. That you might be going through, the doctors might be giving you facts, but yet the truth of God can fill your space in such a powerful way. And I want you to know that the declaration of truth is so powerful because truth is always superior to facts. So that's the declaration of truth. Now I want to talk about the third category of declaration. The third category of declaration is declaration of trust. And I believe this is such a powerful one, especially for any of us that have had any time of journeying with God. If you're a person that's had faith in something, that you've been believing for someone, even, even, even as you hear me talk, you've sort of been like, 
I've believed for that. Pastor, I know what you're talking about. I've held on to a word and God's given me a scripture and I know about the facts of life and I know the truth of God's word. But maybe you're the person that's tried everything but you've walked away disappointed. Maybe you're the person that's sort of still believing but you're not really seeing any progress. I want to talk to you because if you've ever had a time where God's not answered, has anybody ever had a time where God's not come through? I know for a fact, I've had seasons in my life where I've believed so hard, I've hoped and I've hoped and I've declared and spoken the word of faith and spoken the word of truth and all sorts of things and nothing's come about. And I want to talk to you because I know if you've been a follower of Jesus for any amount of time, we've all experienced moments where we thought God would come through, but God really didn't. And what I want to do is I want to share the story of three guys in the Bible. They've got really fancy names. If you're ever expecting a baby, you want to name one of them. Three guys, Shandrach, Meshach, and another guy from Bendigo. Uh, these three guys in the Bible, you know that if you've got names like that and God loves you, that God loves everybody. Anyways, I'm just joking. If your name is Shandrach and you're from Dubai, I am sorry. So here's where I'm going. There's got three guys in the Bible called Shandrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're living in Babylon. Uh, they, they're Jewish believers. And the king, uh, the king of Babylon says, I'm going to get you guys to worship me. But these guys say, we refuse to bow down to your God. And, and, and in return, what he's about to do is he's going to put them in a, in a furnace. He's going to put them in this burning furnace. They're about to die. But I want you to notice the brilliant articulation of these three boys. And you're going to see all three of these different kinds of declaration as I share it. Check out what it says. Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Shandrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. For, we are th for if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. You know what that is? That is a declaration of truth. In other words, they're saying he is able. We're confident that our God is able. We're confident that our God can heal cancer. We're confident that God can give us a building. We're confident that God is going to provide. We're confident that God has all the resources that will exhaust any, any lack that we have. In other words, he's saying he is able. But then what it says, he will rescue us from your power. You know what that is? That's a declaration of faith. In other words, he's saying he's not just able, but he's also willing. He's not just able, but he's also willing. That's the declaration of faith. So we've got the declaration of truth. We've got the declaration of faith. And check out what happens in verse 19. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. You know what that is? Declaration of trust. My God is able to heal me from cancer and my God is willing to heal me of cancer. But for whatever reason, if for whatever circumstances it does not happen in this lifetime, I still trust him. I still know he is good, but I'm going to go to the grave still believing that he is able. You know what I'm talking about? It's a balanced declaration. And I want to encourage every person that you're like, oh, wow, that just spoke to me. I want you to keep believing Keep believing, keep believing, keep believing. Keep hoping, keep hoping, keep hoping. Even till your last breath. But I pray that our prayer will be the prayer of Shandrach, Meshach, and Abednego that would have all three declarations. The declaration of truth that God is able. The declaration of faith that God is willing. And the declaration of trust that I believe and I hope even if it doesn't come when I think it should come. 
And I have so much respect for people that have an ability to have faith when there is no reason to have faith. I have so much respect for people that are able to declare when even words would be fumbling from the people that surround them in seeing the pain that they're going through. And that's why I believe that when you pray, it's a declaration of trust. When you say yes to Jesus, that's a declaration of your faith. When you give to the house of the Lord, that's a declaration of you saying, God, I trust you in my finances. I trust you in the resources that you've entrusted in me. I don't know if you, you're understanding what I'm getting to. Every now and then I sit with people and I say, and I ask them this question. I say, hey, who's your favorite preacher? We all have our favorite pe preacher. I hope for some of you it's me. That's all good. If it's not, don't worry. I've got some favorite preachers of my own. But you know what I'm trying to say? What I want to encourage you is to come in terms with your preacher. I'm not talking about that person you watch on YouTube. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about that book. I'm talking about your favorite preacher must live inside of you. Your favorite preacher must become your inner voice. Your favorite preacher must be that sound that you hear when you wake up in the morning that declares the goodness of God. See, I can have all the books in the world. I can have all the CDs, all the, all the, all the, all the, you know, the downloads, all of it playing, all the podcasts. But if my inner dialogue is not in line with the word of God, it doesn't really matter. And I want to talk to your inner preacher. I want to talk to the preacher that lives inside of you because you live with yourself. You live with that voice 24-7. And I want, to, I want you to grab a hold of a declaration today, a declaration of faith for your situation, a declaration of trust in your situation, a declaration of truth about your situation. I want you to know it'll change everything. And that's what I do. When I pray, I say, God, I feel all these things, but I repent of it. But right now, I want to know your declaration about my family. I want to know your declaration about my children. I want to know your declaration about this church. I want to know your declaration about my career, about my university course, about my relationship. What is your declaration? Here's what I want to do right now. I want us to do something. I want to pray for you. But the way I want to pray for you is I want you to stand up. Even if you're on church or on Zoom, I want you to stand up. Even if you're in a service, I want you to stand up. And what I want to do is I want to stand in the gap and I want to be that preacher that's going to speak to you and change the way you think about a few things and what I want to do is I want to speak a few declarations that are in line with scripture and I want to call forth who you are and this is how it goes because of Jesus you are a child of God so every time I say something I want you to remember because of Jesus I'm this so let's go because of Jesus you are a child of God because of Jesus, you are alive. Because of Jesus, you are a masterpiece. Because of Jesus, you are content in Him alone. Because of Jesus, you are chosen. Because of Jesus, you're determined to love God and people with everything you have. Because of Jesus, you are a child of God. Because of Jesus, you are strengthened by God who upholds you, protects you, and defends you. Because of Jesus, you are joyful. Because of Jesus, you are self-controlled. Because of Jesus, you are fantastic with finances. Because of Jesus, you are not alone. Because of Jesus, you are fierce in confidence and boldness because He lives within you. Because of Jesus, you are free. Because of Jesus, you are healed. Because of Jesus, 
Jesus, you're not ashamed. Because of Jesus, you are a new creation. Because of Jesus, you are not shaken. Because of Jesus, you're not stuck in worry because Jesus offers peace that the world cannot give. Because of Jesus, you are the light of the world. And because of Jesus, you are mighty in His power. Father, I pray for every person that's gotten a hold of this declaration. And I pray that their inner dialogue, their inner preacher would attach themselves to this declaration by your spirit that as they walk out of this space as they walk out of these different services that in the name of Jesus that there will be a declaration that would echo over the facts that their life points them to I declare your blessing upon your children upon your church in Jesus name we pray amen amen and amen